to your mother it's time for another episode of birds with friends just a couple of feathery brethren weathering any season to see the eagles eating teams like bacon steaks and cheese it's philadelphia bow and shield in the cut kicking it cooler than two penguins still bows old arch nemesis greg cosell shows up and it gets real pull up a branch and chill it's time to get ill with some birds with friends the early bird skips the worm and prefers getting turned like a turn on some birds with friends. Bowolf and Shukapati are coming at you with stats and things flapping their wings. Birds I'm gonna have friends. the rest of my life with these kids. Birds wow. Get, we gotta get that in a drop uh, immediately. I was edit that one out. That didn't come out quite. There's no editing. No, no editing yeah, on this that's podcast. That's the wonderful of Birds with Friends. No editing. <laughs> Hello and welcome. To a Tuesday edition of Birds with Friends, I'm Shil Kapadia, joined by Bo Wolf and Zach Berman. Many of you were eagerly anticipating our Jeffrey Lurie Eagles era draft. We had our draft boards prep. I was spending time on it on the weekend, but alas, we got uh, breaking news once again. And so that will get pushed back to uh, another episode either later this week or next week, and we will talk about Jason Peters. So, uh, Bo, everybody wants to know the question, uh, how you doing? Well, I've been like, I've been thinking about this draft for so long now. I was re- like, I-, I can't believe I have to keep thinking about it. Like I've been on the clock for so long for the number one pick. We made this drive up to Maine. I'm driving up. All I'm thinking about is who do I, who do I take with the first pick? I'm mocking out like who you guys are going to take, who's going to make it back to me at, at uh, six and seven. I can't believe I'm like, I'm annoyed that they couldn't sign Peters tomorrow so he could get this draft done with. Yeah, I like that because I think you're really going to overthink this and <laughs> uh, do something crazy. I am excited about that. I also was doing, at one. doing my draft prep because I have the number two pick thinking, all right, if Bo does this, I'm going to do this. If Bo does this, I'm going to do this. And then I thought, you know what? This is like a fun exercise. So yeah, maybe I don't play it right down the middle. Maybe I just, you know, sometimes for fantasy drafts, I'm just like, I'm taking players I like, you know. Yeah, I don't care that's what I'm all, yeah, take players else. you like. So even if it's not the smartest draft strategy, maybe I'll go that route. So I haven't decided yet, uh, but it should be fun. Z-Berm, uh, how so disappointing So number are... two, uh, number two, it'll be Big Bows coming yeah, off good. the board. Well, I might trade up for one and <laughs> just to make sure you don't take him. Uh, Z-Berm, how are you feeling about this, uh, this sort of detour we have to take with today's episode? I was also looking forward to the uh, draft. I think that the news actually affects the draft some. Does does Jason Peters now become <laughs> guard eligible, oh, uh, which which could affect your board? You know, you could you could add an extra tackle and and bounce Peters inside to have a more formidable mm, offensive line. Sight so, unseen, you're going with the 38 <laughs> year old right guard and playing uh, playing King Dunlap at left tackle. Just like uh-huh. the team, yes. <laughs> it, it is going to be fun, but it's going to be, uh, I think, 28 rounds because Bo, be Bo made a, Bo's like, got to have three linebackers in there, which, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. First, he had a flex offensive lineman, which I was like, I'm not doing the draft if we have a flex offensive lineman. So I was able to get rid of that. But, I mean, 28 rounds. You know, we want to spend time talking about it. So, uh, you know, Bo was like, well, can we just do the Peter stuff at the top and then do the draft? I'm like, it's going to be like a four and a half hour episode. I'm, you're on vacation, Bo, and I don't feel like doing that. So, no, we're not, we're not doing that not today. So we will get to that. But let's get to the news. I, I will admit that, you know, in this uh, pandemic and sort of everything that's happened this year, uh, I get excited when there's like little pieces of news like this. I don't know about you guys, but I'm like, oh, 
a little like roster transaction sort of type thing that's going to affect the uh, starting lineup. Uh, I was actually happy to uh, happy to see that just because it's something sort of uh, normal, I guess, to talk about in the scope of our job. So, uh, Zberm, as Bo has labeled you, the the newsman of the operation, uh, give us the details on the news that went down today. Yeah, Jason Peters signing a one-year deal with the Eagles, and the Eagles announced it as guard Jason Peters, and he will play right guard, replacing Brandon Brooks. Uh, at least well, hold on, hold on, hold on. They say he will play right guard. Let's not definitively say he will play right guard. As I was saying, at least initially, the the plan when they sign him is to play him. At they right say guard. they say they that's say. the plan. They say that's the plan. So I suppose we'll see. Uh, but they they gave him a a one year deal worth up to six million with three million guaranteed, and it's a it's a big move. It's it's an interesting move because we've discussed ad nauseum on this podcast on the Athletic about a potential, in some cases eventual Jason Peters return. Uh, and when Brooks went down, Bo and I went back and forth about the possibility of him playing guard. And we kind of agreed that might not make the most sense. That if if you're going to sign Peters, don't move him off the spot that he's played throughout his Eagles tenure since since 2009. But with the announcement today, they are planning to play Peters at right guard. Now, because you are the newsman, Zach, I do need to ask, have you reached out for comment to Postificios to see if they are ready for the influx of orders that are uh, due this, this fall? I have not. Uh, I would love a sandwich from there, though, especially <laughs> if I'm not paying for it. So that would be a wonderful treat at some point. Well, Bob, why don't you explain to, you know, is it again, assuming every listener has listened you're the host. Every, you're the host today. Uh, you explain it. Episode. Well, I don't know. But you, you, why, why were you asking Zach if he was hungry for some pasta physios? I want to hear from you. What do you mean? I don't understand why you're asking him if he was hungry for pastaficios in the middle of a Jason Peters podcast. Because, of course, the wager on the table, uh, 16 to 1, would Jason Peters be back with the Eagles in 2020? Oh, so that's what your understanding is of the terms. Of, of the now game. you think it's you think you want to get into the debate? You think it's a starting yeah. left tackle? I mean, I, I'm pretty sure I was very clear about if Jason Peters is the left tackle uh, instead of Andre Dillard for mm. this football. So it still could happen. We're going to have to go. We're going to have to go to the tape to see what the, speaking of which Marissa, uh, my favorite producer, uh, <laughs> would you, would you please do the honors? If Jason Peters is a starting left tackle for this team in 2020, barring, you know, like Dillard getting injured in the off season or something like they're choosing to have him over healthy Dillard. I will buy both of you. Pasta physios once a week mm. next season. Yeah, I don't if think he doesn't, happen. you guys just have to buy me pasta physios once the whole no, season. I'm, I'm not, you don't want that? That's 16 to 1. That's 16 to 1. I'll make that deal. Yeah, okay. <laughs> you know what? Actually, 16 to 1 odds. I'll yeah, take I think that, those are okay. good odds. I'll take that deal. I'll, I'll take that. Oh, that's sounding pretty clear to me, Marissa. That is fantastic. Outstanding. Uh, well was- done. Keeping the receipts <laughs> and and teaming up with Marissa on it. You both will get a pasta fichio sandwich from me because of that effort. Well, well, I'm not willing to say that just yet. I mean, I'll that, get I'll buy yeah. Marissa one, but but I think we still <laughs> got some time to find out whether or not Jason Peters is uh, going to be the left tackle or not. I think that's true, and that's something we will get to. So I'm not going to sit here and uh, and brag because All right, you're not off the hook yet. 
Yeah, I'm not off the hook. Actually, you know, if there was like some type of hedging right now, I, I would, I would definitely, I would definitely do that. But you, yeah, you, you take, you take a four to one, you'd buy yourself out. I, I, I may, but uh, you know, I, I have to give credit to BWF Eats Crow, the, uh, the Twitter account that keeps track somehow of all our wagers. I mean, they were all over it this morning. I'm getting hit by every angle about this bet. And they say, well, you know, the 35 minute mark of this episode, like I ever would have been able to find uh, that episode. And so I was able to listen to it. And uh, Marissa, in like a matter of 45 seconds, was able to uh, cut the clip so that we were able to play it. So yes, we will see if that's the case or not. If I do end up owing you guys, uh, pacificios or not all right Bo. what was uh you know you couldn't even let the newsman get the news out you were acting like we didn't have a whole hour to uh discuss this you had to interrupt him six <laughs> times so please give us your thoughts on uh your your kind of big picture thoughts when you heard this news well i'm just i'm just very skeptical uh, that this is you know plug and play he's the right guard uh i think i think the move is a i think it's a worse move if they're signing him to play right guard than it is if they are accepting that they don't think Dillard is ready to play left tackle and they're bringing Peters back to do that. Um, because there's, I mean, there's a ton of projection here. The guy's 38 years old. He's moving sides of the line and positions. Uh, he has not played guard. He's never started a guard in the NFL. Last time he played on the right side was 2007. And, and you know, I'd love to know what both of you guys were doing in 2007 so we could, we could date that a little bit. But, uh, you know, listen, he's a, he's a Hall of Famer. He's one of the best players in franchise history, and they're probably overvaluing the familiarity because there is, uh, you know, this this lack of an offseason. But there's no guarantee that he can be a plug-and-play right guard, you know, in addition to whatever issues he's had staying healthy and staying on the field. Uh, I think this, like, if it were Andrew Whitworth or whoever signing some other, like, long-time left tackle to play right guard over – uh, guys who they have, who they have been touting as like ready to play backup offensive linemen, I would say that was a bad move. But if they think that uh, Dillard is not ready and they need a, a viable plan B at left tackle, I think that makes more sense. I think it's a better move if that's the case. And I also understand if that is the case, they wouldn't say it because they don't want to be public about uh, not feeling great about Dillard. But uh, that, that just makes so much more sense to me than signing him uh, to play right guard, to play new position. And also we can talk about like knowing Jason Peters, I find it very hard to believe that he's going to be happy taking sort of a demotion to right guard if he thinks that he is still a better left tackle than Andre Dillard. Uh, 2007, I was working at BaltimoreSun.com, living in the uh, Little Italy section of nice. downtown Baltimore. Great life. Yeah, life was life was good then. Uh, life is good now, but uh, it was summer uh, two thousand seven. Going into my going into my senior year of college. Re- oh my gosh! Wow, just calling me out. My wife just asked me earlier today if I'm going through a midlife crisis. I said yes. <laughs> this has been going on for like four or five years. Where have you been? This didn't uh, this didn't just start today. Now you. Both- What's the context of the midlife crisis? Yeah, I mean, I don't answer. know. It's yeah. a lot of thing. A lot of things going on. That we can get to that in the mailbag. Good section. question. Good follow up by the news. <laughs> uh, I'm sure. Uh, now you both said right guard is you know because there have been questions and there will be in the mailbag about hey what you know why wouldn't they just keep him at left guard keep him on the same side that he's played before and maybe move say Amalu to the right side is that something they announced or is that just kind of what your uh, additional notes and reporting have uh, have told you yeah I, I checked into this 
because of that distinction, and I I was told right guard, uh, and and so again we'll see we'll see what happens when they're actually on the field, but it does sound like the plan, and I know Bo has a, the the dose of skepticism more than a healthy dose I, I would say, but the the plan is to st- is to start him at right guard. At which, at I think which point, an unhealthy dose of skepticism is a good a good overall description of <laughs> of my state of mind these days. Um, at which point I would ask I know, you guys, right. I w- I would ask you guys, would you rather have Woodpecker. Jason Peters Woodpecker? You rather have Jason Peters starting at right guard without having ever started at that at the position before, or Matt Pryor starting at right guard with only one game of starting experience at the position before? Well, you have to say Matt Pryor and $3 million starting. Fair enough. Right? Uh, yeah. uh, Everything's and, an opportunity cost, I guess. Right. Or, or Jason Peters. I mean, you know, I, I think Zach in, in our write-up on The Athletic, which, of course, you can uh, you can subscribe, theathletic.com slash birds with friends. You know, as Bo will tell you, uh, sports are about to ramp up here. I mean, professional <laughs> sports every night, you're going to have something to watch. There's going to be plenty to write about. But in all seriousness, you know, maybe you get a, at least an NBA bubble out of this. So uh, there will be uh, some good uh, Sixers coverage there. So the athletic.com slash birds with friends. I think this is the best deal out there. You know, I still think if you use that, you get 40% off. And so, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, if you subscribed last year, I know we had some 4th of July promotions and uh, have not renewed. Now would be a good time to use that and uh, renew it. But we all did our analysis on the athletic uh, about the Jason Peters move. Bo didn't like it at all. I feel like uh, Zach, Zach liked it. And I feel like I was probably a little bit uh, in the middle. So let's get to the Dillard part. Second. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that I didn't like it at all. I just, oh, really? I, don't like I it thought if, you like crushed it when I, read I don't it. like it. If he, if, if the real plan is for him to be a right guard. Okay. Okay. Well, let, all right. So let's focus on that and then let's get to the Dillard aspect. See, of I, it because... I disagree with both. So, so I look forward to that debate. Okay. Uh, so I think that, uh, to me, it's not like um, it's not like a huge risk downside move. So I'm not going to come on here and just like totally crush it. Like, what are they doing? This organization is a is a complete mess. At the same time, I feel like the idea that he's going to be able to execute this at right guard, uh, I am skeptical of that. I mean, you know, 38 years old, uh, has had injuries is playing a new position in uh you know, I make fun of coaches about this, but it is a shortened off season. You're going to, who knows what training camp's going to look like, by the way, once the season starts, I mean, am, am I correct? Or am I misremembering that Doug Peterson tells us that Jason Peters basically doesn't practice. Right. I mean, we see him mm-hmm. out there, but he's always like, ah, oh, you know, Vitae's getting all those reps anyway, uh, yeah. during practice. Right. So right. it's not, it's not like he's going to be getting a bunch of reps at this, um, during the theoretical season where he's going to be able to, uh, get better at it. And so you kind of put all those things together, the injury at risk, the age, the changing positions. Uh, I don't know that it's like a huge difference between the probability of him succeeding there. And it sounds crazy because it's like a hall of fame player, but I don't know that there's like a huge probability. If you ask me, what's the likelihood of Peters staying healthy and giving you um, above average guard play compared to Matt Pryor staying healthy and giving you above average guard play. I don't know that there's like a huge difference between those two things. Am I crazy? And in addition to the opportunity cost of that, of that $3 million, you're also factoring in the ability to find out what you have more in Matt Pryor and, or, you know, Jack Driscoll or whoever uh, moving forward. So, you know, for, for long-term roster building purposes. So 
Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously they think that Peters is a better deal if they are going to play him at right right guard. But I I agree. I don't think it's a it's a you know a done and dusted decision. Zach, you were uh, I feel like a little bit more uh, like I said uh, could understand what they were doing. Uh, thought this was a reasonable move. Uh, what is sort of your response to um, to what we just said? Yeah, I mean, you guys have turned Matt Pryor into Jared Stidham. That's that's what I would say. <laughs> uh, no, in in all seriousness, like I I I recognize that that there's a financial cost and an opportunity cost with with not playing a younger player and going with Jason Peters. Uh, but I I would apply that logic more toward if you were to play Peters at left tackle and sit your first round pick, uh, who who you have this investment. Who, who you've made this investment on, who's on this rookie contract, uh, and who you think is your eventual franchise left tackle, or starting left tackle, I should say. I don't have that same type of sentiment when it comes to Matt Pryor. Uh, I, th- I think Matt Pryor is a, a fine reserve. Maybe he can develop into a starter. I know there's there's been some excitement about him in the past few weeks, but if if you he's still a major unknown and doesn't have the same type of pedigree that Dillard has, or at least the same type of franchise investment. Uh, so when you're talking about the unknown of Jason Peters versus the unknown of Matt Pryor, who, by the way, was a tackle who converted the guard, um, I would just take a, uh, I would take the guy who's been in the league for 16 years, has the athletic profile, uh, even at this age. You know, I, I think we can agree he's a rare athlete has the acumen based on everything we've heard in terms of his understanding of, of offensive line play. As Shield pointed out in his write-up, knows all the checks, all the calls, knows the system. I just think that you have a projection either way. So if you're going to replace Brandon Brooks, I, I guess if, if the option's binary, if it's, if it's go with Pryor or go with Peters, I'd feel more comfortable taking that gamble on on Peters, and especially compared to the possibility if you were to bring Peters back at left tackle, I think that would stunt the development of Andre Dillard. So I, I sort of disagree because I think that if it's possible that they have made the calculation that they don't think Dillard is ready, then I think then I think it makes more sense. Uh, if if they think it would be a disaster to enter the season with Andre Dillard protecting Carson Wentz's blindside. Then they have they have to do what they have to do. They you know they have to view that as a sunk cost. I don't I don't view Dillard that way, but I think we've heard enough rumblings to think that it's a possibility that they view him that way. Uh, and if that is the case, then then I think bringing back Peters makes sense. And and further, I just think you know my case for the Peters signing would be uh, you're probably going to need a lot of bodies on the offensive line anyway. And I know it's tiresome for people for, for me to keep bringing up like what a, an odd season this is going to be. But if, if they are thinking that there is going to be a season and people could be dropping left and right, then you probably need as many bodies as you can get uh, on the offensive line. Well, I think two, two things here. One of them is that, uh, you know, we've sort of heard these rumblings prior to the Brandon Brooks injury. So I would say uh, for anyone who thinks this is 100% mm-hmm. Brandon Brooks injury, he's coming in to replace him. Otherwise they had no interest. Uh, I mean, I, I can say with certainty, and I think you got, you guys probably can too, that that's not the case, that this Correct. is something that has been, uh, they were, that was being discussed that they were keeping an eye on throughout the off season as uh, you know, something that they were potentially going to do, bring him in, bring him back as a tackle. 
and, you know, sort of looking at it in the scope of, well, it would give us, um, you know, more depth. It's a unique off season, um, give us more options in case someone gets injured. So, uh, you know, I, I would be sort of hesitant to buy the fact that this is not something they were looking to do until Brooks got injured. And then I, I'm glad Zach, you said the thing about the prior stuff, you know, it's like, whenever I feel like there's an injury and then there's like certain leaks, like, Oh, you know, the, they, they really like prior, you know, don't sleep on prior. People aren't given prior in that. Like, well, you know, I think you sure. could probably put that to bed a little bit now. I mean, you don't make this move. I mean, they're there every year teams have injuries, uh, especially at positions like guard. And then they have a mid round pick or somebody and they say, okay, you know, we've developed this guy. It's his turn to play. And, uh, you know, it, it kind of goes counter to what they say at the end of the season that, uh, you know, let's not get attached. Let's get younger. Well, you know, this is a guy that was in your system that you were working on developing and you, you learned, you should have learned a little bit. I know they took a lot of lessons or they say they took a lot of lessons out of the end of last season where guys like Boston Scott and Greg Ward get in, in the lineup that didn't get a chance before provide a little spark or maybe a little bit better than you anticipated. Cause you don't know in practice until a guy gets in there. And so now you're uh, you're not allowing for that opportunity. So I think someone said in our comment section, which was, you know, I, I thought a good thought, like what does it say about the sort of state of the organization that they have one injury to a guard and rather than having someone in the pipeline who they feel good about at a minimum salary, that they are moving their 38 year old left tackle to guard and making him play there. So, um, you know, I feel like it's either you can either be critical of their decision making, their developing, their drafting, uh, any of those things. If you want, again, I, I'm not, you know, maybe Peters stays healthy and is fine and he doesn't, you know, he doesn't, it doesn't require the same level of athleticism and it works out well. And they have a really good offensive line. Like that is a potential outcome. But um, just in terms of the process that we often try to analyze here, uh, I feel like those are some of my key points. I, I I do not think that you can divorce Dillard from the decision. I Let's think, get I think, to it. Let's get to Dillard then. Go ahead. Well, I think you're right. Like I, I don't think – like we know that they were checking in on Peters and they were probably as surprised as Peters was that the market turned out the way it did. I think, I think they legitimately did – expect to lose Peters uh, when they let him go in the spring. I, I think they were surprised that he did not sign uh, just as Peters was surprised to find that his market was, was pretty tepid. Um, but I don't think that the, if, if they thought that Andre Dillard was the second coming and Brandon Brooks went down, I, I do not think they, they make this move. I, I, I think that it's impossible to not factor in Dillard into the calculation to bring him back a, because we know they were monitoring it anyway. And if they viewed, Eventually, the price came down. They viewed that as a value. That was something they were, were thinking about. And, and B, because like that is a viable backup plan. Like, what happens if, you know, two weeks into training camp, Jason Peters is like, you know what? I don't think I can play right tackle, the right guard. This is this is not working. What happens then? I, you know, I don't think they're putting Peters on the bench. Do you guys? Well, that's a good question. And yeah, but I I do think they 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 made this move with the intention of Brooks working out at right guard. And and But do you think they would have done it if they if they really really loved Dillard still? I I think that's a factor in it. I yeah, I, I do I think, think it's, it's, I, I, think I think Dillard insurance is 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 a factor. There's no question. And and not just that, but uh losing Vitai and if 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 Lane Johnson went down, if, if if Dillard goes down, I mean, not just if 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 Dillard's not good, but their injury protection at that spot is Jack Driscoll, 
And, you know, they, they did start eight offensive linemen last season. So having the security of being able to move Peters over, I do think factors into it. But but no doubt the unknown of Diller, uh, this will let them sleep better at night. And there are human dynamics that one must consider. And, and, and I think Bo put it well there. Like, Dillard needs to, oh, I'm sorry, Peters needs to accept this move. And from at least early indications, that's happened. But it's it's one thing in theory, it's another thing in practice. And and you have to see how it goes. And, and then the other part is, and Shiel mentioned this in his write-up, that uh, Dillard has been accused, for lack of a better word there, of not necessarily being mentally tough at times. Uh, or or at least needing to develop kind of thicker skin or, or getting used to a big market. Uh, it's one thing to replace Jason Peters. It's another thing to have Jason Peters in the building, in the meeting room, in the huddle, and him looking at the spot that he's occupied for a decade and now that being yours. So I think there are dynamics that absolutely need to be considered with Dillard. And knowing, like, you know, you guys were in the locker room, like, at the end of last year, Peters is like, you know, I'm still one of the best left tackles in the league. We know that's how he thinks. So it's not like he's going to be like, you know, Andre Dillard's having a tough game. Peters is going to be thinking to himself, like, this is ridiculous. I'm better than that guy. But the league clearly answered that question, in my opinion. And probably, and and this goes to what Bo said, and and it's it's absolutely the case. The Eagles thought this was going to be a clean split, that – they let Peters go. Peters would sign somewhere else. It's easy to spin. Look at the money he got. We're turning over to Andre Dillard. The complication here was that no one paid Peters that money and, and that Peters was still around. And that's when the Eagles had to really say, well, at some point, this you know this price uh, is going to be too appealing to pass up. Uh, so both of you said it, and you're absolutely right, that they kept this door open even before Brooks's injury. But I think Brooks's injury made it a little cleaner, if that makes sense. And so what does that say that the entire market spoke that they didn't want Jason Peters and then the, the Eagles are are anxious to bring him in and change his position? Well, uh, I have a couple a couple things here before uh, maybe you guys can get to our uh, friendly sponsors here. But mm-hmm. let me ask you this. Uh, I think we sort of, we gloss over 38 years old. Like that's not 33, you know, 34, mm-hmm. like, yeah, I just looked this up, uh, so I will. I will ask this to uh, to both of you. In the last ten years, how many offensive linemen do you think have started at, at least ten games in a season at thirty eight or older? Last ten guess, years, I'm gonna guess two. I'm gonna guess one. Two. Two oh, is correct. Baby. Good job, Bo. Uh, Andrew Whitworth, Whitworth is one of them who is uh, who is still with the. Rams there, and the other is Casey Wiegman. Wiegman. Oh, yeah. interesting. Okay. You remember this guy? I don't know. Yeah, the Titans, like, right? Uh, this says the Chiefs. Well, he at 38, he was playing for the Chiefs uh, in 2011. So, uh, like, this is very rare. Like, this is not something you can count on. Uh, most people are out of the league, regardless of position. Specifically at offensive line, they're out of the league at this point. Uh, if they're still in the league, maybe they're backups. Maybe they're you know they start a few games and get injured. It's not like uh, Jason Peters has had a clean bill of health here in recent years. And so uh, you know, there uh, at some point, I want to get my my thing in on uh, Dillard here in a minute. But um, 
yeah, I mean, he, he the odds of him playing 16 games at right guard, in my opinion, are very low. Well, Shiel mentioned odds, and I'm happy you did that mm-hmm. because you also mentioned earlier that that there's a lot that's about to happen in the world of sports, at least scheduled. Uh, but you don't always have to wait. Can you feel it? The excitement and anticipation has been growing for weeks, and the time is almost here. That's right. Baseball is coming back next week. The teams will be taking the field in less than 10 days, and there is no better place to get in on the action than with DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. To put you in the center of the action, DraftKings Sportsbook is celebrating the new season with a special promotion. Before the season starts, place a bet of at least $25 on who will be crowned the champion, and they'll give you a $25 free bet to use on opening day. While we are all excited for baseball, don't forget that there is European football, also known as soccer, happening all week long and a huge golf tournament that is sure to be thrilling. DraftKings Sportsbook is a US base, it is US-based, making it safe, secure, and reliable. Plus, it's easy to deposit and withdraw your funds whenever you want. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code, and use code TOSS at, at the time you sign up for a limited time. All new users can get a sign-up bonus up to $1,000. That's code TOSS to get your sign-up bonus up to $1,000 only. A DraftKings Sportsbook must be 21 or older, Pennsylvania only, in partnership with Meadows Racetrack and Casino. The bonus is comprised of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match, each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. I made myself a little a uh, little bit of lechuga on, on DraftKings last weekend. On what? The <laughs> Wait, you don't know text? I mean, I'm on here talking about this stuff nonstop. You can't send me a little text. Hey, let's put a little lettuce on somebody. Who would you put a little lettuce on? Uh, on Colin Morikawa well, after Saturday. He's, he's plus 650 to, to win the win the tournament. Threw 10 bucks on him. Made, 70, made 75. Whoa! <laughs> Wait, that's not the guy you had in our uh, Lurie. No, track. no, yeah, I don't like that guy. I have no, I have no love for Maverick McNeely. Uh, don't get it twisted. Okay, next I didn't time want a little, that number one spot. Next time a little heads up would be nice. Is all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not trying to, you know, drag you down with me if I'm, if I'm losing. Ah, but, listen, I'm all about the action. Win or, win or lose, it doesn't matter. That's the right. well, no, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll do a little, uh, you know, pick a guy ten bucks ah, this week. Well, in love it. Okay, now uh, 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 quickly. Sorry, we 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 glossed over the like because I know you want to get to Dillard, but before we do, we glossed over like the should he play left guard or right guard thing, uh, and Zach touched on it. You know, Statland has talked about in the past like he doesn't want more moving parts. Uh, although, like I do get, I get sort of both sides of this. Like it would make more sense for Peters to only have to slide in as opposed to changing sides and say Amalo has played right guard before. But I think if you think about it as uh, like changing up the guard tackle combinations and like the the uh, communication between those guys. First of all, like if it's Peters and Dillard, that could get I could you could see that getting a little bit awkward, right? Um, and like <laughs> Peters just goes and lines up at left <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's yeah, like, you, get like, your like, buddy inside. Right, Dillard gives up one sack and Dillard and Peters <laughs> just moves back to left tackle. Like it seems very easy to see that. Whereas like him and Lane Johnson makes sense. And like Dillard and Sayamalo is theoretically what you want for the future. So I, I think it does probably make sense to, to just do the one swap. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't feel that uh, strong. I'm with you. I don't feel that strongly either way on that one. That That's an interesting one that you talk to like, 
I feel like five different offensive linemen and they each mm. give you a different answer about whether it's uh, easy or hard. And of course, Andre Dillard right. came under some heat last year uh, for his response there. But I think the Dillard thing is just a huge deal here. I mean, we know they have question marks. Uh, they have questions uh, about the pick and uh, you know how he's going to work out, whether he's going to be the player they thought he was going to be. I, mean, I think there's no denying that right now. So what if he you know, doesn't have a great uh, training camp? What if he struggles in the first two games of the season? I, I mean, I was thinking back to 2017. Isaac Sayamalu got two games before he yeah. got benched in the Super Bowl season, like, you know, they, they are not going to be a patient group if they feel like they have a, it's all about the best five person combination. And so they're going to look at it as well. Uh, Dillard at left tackle and Peters at right guard or Peters at left tackle and prior at right guard. I mean, that's really the decision, which, which of those two combinations gives us a better chance to win. And it sort of created this problem. Like it, it's totally conceivable that at some point in training camp, early part of the season, whatever, I mean, can't you just, can't you just see it? Like all of a sudden someone like Lane Johnson lets it slip one day mm. in training camp that, well, yeah, JP was getting some reps at left tackle today. And everyone goes, wait, what, what are you talking about? And it becomes this huge thing. And it's like, it's, like, it's not just about this year. I mean, they have nobody else on the roster who you're saying, all right, this person projects as a future left tackle. Like this is why they traded up for Andre Dillard was to fill that hole. And so like, it's absolutely a scenario where Peters gets bumped to left tackle prior slides in at right guard. Dillard gets moved to the bench. Then like, you know, Peters gets in, inevitably gets injured later in the season. Dillard has to come in. His confidence is shattered. He plays poorly. And it's looking like this total train wreck of a situation. Now, I'm not saying that's 100% that's what's going to happen. I'm not saying you always, you know, make decisions based on the worst case scenario. But like that, you know, that doesn't seem like a 5% chance to me. It seems like much higher than that, that that is something uh, that would happen, which, which makes the move a little bit confusing for me. I think yeah. if, you, if you believe, like my read on it is that Howie Roseman believes there is, like in bringing back Jason Peters, there is a... 40% chance that he is the left tackle week one. Like that there is a very, wow, something wow. like that. And, but if you, if you believe that that is the case, you're still going to, you're going to message it differently because you want to, you know, protect Dillard a little bit, especially if you think that he needs to be coddled. Uh, so like if, if, if that was their plan, they would still do the same things they're doing and saying, this is a right guard. This is a right guard. And maybe that is how it works out. But um I have a totally different read on this okay. than you guys, and 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 maybe um um I'm not seeing this correctly. I I, I will concede that that's a possibility, uh, but for the reasons that she'll just for the reasons she'll mentioned about Dillard and the investment that they made in him and and his future as the left tackle of this organization, I don't think they're operating with with such a short leash on him. Uh, I I think that 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 they want this to work. They're committed to seeing this through. I don't view this as an Isaac Ciamalo situation, number one. Diller got benched two. at halftime of a game last year. I know it was and, yeah, we know that were, and we know that they were monitoring yeah. Peters. Sure, but if if they were utterly convinced that Jason Peters is the better option, then they would have signed Jason Peters back in March or April. It, it, it wouldn't have, have been about 
uh, pinching pennies to try to get Peters. Like, yeah, but it's always if, a sliding scale, right? And also, sure. And, and we all. The other thing is not to interrupt you. I'm sorry. Uh, like we, we. I think the the lack of a spring off season is a real factor here. Like they Absolutely. don't they don't get eyes on Dillard. They don't get eyes on Jack Driscoll. There's much less information about these these guys who would need to be the plan. And so, in that sense, you can see them convincing themselves that that familiarity is more important. Sure, and, and, and that's why I, I, I kept saying that Peters was a possibility because they don't have this developmental period with Dillard. Uh, but I do think that the patience that they're going to exercise with Dillard is going to be more than... It, the, the question won't just be, what's the best starting five for this Sunday? I don't think they're going to operate like that at left tackle. I, I think that they want to see this Dillard situation work and if they pull back Dillard and go with Peters, I think they realize the ramifications of it. Uh, and they might not say that explicitly, but I think that that they they are not ready to pull the plug on this on this Dillard experiment. Uh, but if it's I, not just the five best five guys for this Sunday, then why are they bringing him back at all? Because the read you have on Matt Pryor, I think, is is the different read than Andre Dillard. They view Andre okay. Dillard as their future. A left tackle. Um, they don't view like Matt Pryor as as this building block player. He, he was a reserve guard who shows potential, but the plan was to have your All Pro guard there. When Brooks goes down, uh, it's it's not as if you're turning to this first round pick who's the future of the position. He's your backup, and and so the question then is is can you bring Peters back? And yes, he provides insurance, but I I I think. The, the, the big question in all of this was, can he play guard? Will he play guard? And clearly they reached a point where the answer to both those questions was yes. I can't recall many examples of a coaching staff uh, willing to show the patience that you are describing when it comes to mm-hmm. the heat of a season. And I mean, this isn't a rebuilding team. You know, this sure. is a team that's feeling some heat to win now. You know, Howie Roseman has made multiple statements this offseason sort of talking about how much better he thinks they've gotten, which, you know, I don't know if it's a signal to the coaching staff that, Hey, I've done my job now go win more than, you know, nine games. Uh, it's, it certainly uh, could be. And so, uh, you know, everything you're saying that could be, I'm not, that could be the conversation right now that, Hey, this is, you know, why we're doing it. This is what's going to happen. But you know, week three comes around and you're one and one or you're zero and two and Dillard's given up a couple sacks and Peters isn't really thrilled about the decision he made to play right guard, and you like what you're seeing from prior in practice, I mean, these are all things that could totally um, come, sure. come together and, uh, and, and create sort of a different um, situation than what they have now. So yeah, it, I mean, you have a pretty a, you wide have a, range of outcomes. You have a quarterback who has an injury history and a fumbling problem. Like, you, 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 they're not really going to have a long leash, I think, with the left tackle. Okay, uh, let's get to, uh, Bo, you can uh, chime in with your uh, word from our sponsor whenever you want, uh, but we will get to our uh, next segment, which well, really- I can tell you that, uh, you know, long-time listeners, Shield, know that uh, you and I are fans of the female deodorant. Mm-hmm. And uh, every now and then you like to take a whiff, and, and Zach is the one who, who, you know, brought that out of us. But uh, I have to say, I have been mixing in lately- the deodorant that I got from Hawthorne and it is as reliable a, if it is even a male deodorant, if it, or if it's just an asexual deodorant, 
uh, it has been as as good as I, as it can get. And everybody knows that smelling good is important, especially when you're quarantined with the same people over and over. Now, now Hawthorne, you know, Cologne is sort of their uh, their headliner, but you can get all kinds of different personalized grooming products from Hawthorne deodorant, shampoo, body wash. We've, I've dipped my uh, beak into those as well. All you have to do is take a quick two-minute quiz, and Hawthorne tells you the two colognes that are best for you, one for work and one for play, or what other, other what, whatever other products uh, you're looking for. Totally risk-free and free shipping and free returns. Check out Hawthorne at hawthorne.co. That's Hawthorne with an E and .co, not .com, hawthorne.co, and use our promo code BIRDS to get 10% off your first purchase. That's hawthorne.co, and use our promo code BIRDS to get 10% off your first purchase, hawthorne.co. Nice body wash also from them. You know, they they sent us some stuff and it's, you know, you're used to kind of the huge uh, bottles of body wash. At least we are in the Capati family. We like to go with the sort of big size for the value. These were a little smaller. I thought, you know what, it's going to run out right away. Not not the case. I mean, there's mm. still plenty in there. I've been using it. You don't need a lot to get the suds going, and I like to be liberal with the uh, with the suds there. So uh, yeah, absolutely everything uh, you said right there. Okay, let's see if we get any questions about our uh, other um, toiletries in our mailbag segment. Uh, Mike Deegan wants to know. This one's for me. My first and only question is for Sheil. Sheil, did you do anything fun this weekend? Uh, you know, I can't really recall. One thing I, we have been doing is I've been making guacamole with Lila. It's oh, a interesting. Ni- nice activity, nice half an hour activity. You and the child, uh, you know, you, you get, you cut up some avocados, you throw some uh, different spices, different, uh, things in there. Uh, very easy to make. And it sort of becomes like obsessive. Like we made it like three days in a row. I think nice. once you, do, you do it once, uh, you know, you got to eat it right away that day. And then, so you, uh, you continue to make it. So how many, that, how many avocados per guac are you going? Uh, we, we've been doing two because that's what okay. the recipe said. Yeah. And Why? you going you, heavy on the jalapenos? Uh, well, this was a mistake we made. And mm. so, uh, we, we made one big batch for my dad's birthday, which was uh, four avocados. And so I wasn't sure uh, how many jalapenos to put in. Uh, my wife said, put in uh, one jalapeno and boy, was that a spicy guacamole. Mm, nice. Yeah. Jalapeno little, business. A little, little too spicy for me, but I think my, uh, my dad is a big fan of the spice. So he liked but it. But you didn't get, uh, you didn't get the thing where like handling the jalapenos made your fingers burning or anything like that? Well, I mistakenly was touching my eye uh, mm. later in the day and oh baby, does that burn? Yeah. Yeah. You need to get somebody to pee on that bad boy. On my eye or the jalapeno? <laughs> Wherever it burns. Recipe? Oh, well, okay. I'm going to leave that where it is. All right. A kill a cow is asking, which would... <laughs> that might be a different sponsor maybe for next week. Uh, kill a cow. Which one of you is planting stories within the Eagles organization each week to get out of doing the Lurie era draft? This is true. We have been pushing this bad boy back quite a bit. Is either one it's of brutal. you doing? We know Bo's not, Zach. Are you there, Zach? No. Okay. Yeah, no, definitely not planning the stories, but like Shield, always welcome news during a well at all times, but during a quiet time especially. So, so when I saw that this 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 morning, I was I was excited. You know okay. what I did the other night? I I was watching uh, the YouTube like Eagles yearbook video of the '94 season. 
trying to get you know i don't i don't know much really? about those wow. about those or those you know mid 90s seasons i'm trying to scouting trying to bone up on my knowledge well, what are you yeah. zach this is crazy <laughs> uh yeah it, it is weird for me because i grew up um you know with these teams and so i have thoughts in my head but like looking stuff up the thoughts in my head don't always align to what was reality you know like i thought wait a minute i thought that guy was a lot better or uh you know i don't remember this guy uh, being that big of a part of the team and so uh i'm not doing any further research I'm i just, have some yeah i have some takes that i'd like to un unload but i'm not going to give anything away you know, i have one i have board. one controversial take when uh one of you drafts uh one specific player uh, that some of my research I feel like has uh, revealed. So that's going to be fun. This is going to be. I've been prepping for like the loophole that Bo finds. That, yeah. That, that, that gives him an unfair advantage. Well, you've seen no me, Zach. Thing. I mean, I've sent about 17,000 texts to you guys yes. to make sure. <laughs> we have gotten a lot of texts. <laughs> to make sure I'm clear about the rules. And I feel like I'm always doing it early in the morning on like a weekend um because we it's fine with me yeah we've been doing this thing where we let the kids we call them lazy mornings on the weekends nice and, and so it's like don't wake us up get your own breakfast and you can watch tv until we tell you <laughs> you can't and so like that's uh, a parenting we, loophole that's a good yeah job. yeah listen during the pandemic uh for parents out there i highly recommend adopting the uh the lazy mornings listen a little tv never hurt anybody i watch tv a lot uh on weekend mornings and um your kids will be just fine all right maddie e asked the most likely outcome this is a good one number one peters moves to left tackle because dillard isn't good enough number two Peters gets injured by week four or, or number three, the season never happens. And Bo is bragging. He told us so for the next six months, most likely outcome, or I guess rank the three, maybe I, I would go two, one, three, two is Peters gets injured. One is Peters moves to left tackle because Dillard isn't good enough. And three is the season never happens. And Bo is bragging. He told us so. I don't before. think I'm going to be bragging for that long. I, and I don't think I'll be bragging yeah, as much what? as just asking for an apology from all the people who were, who were angry at me for bringing it up the whole time. Okay. So how do you rank them? Uh, I would go, I would go, by the way, yes, you will be bragging. So don't let that like deter you from picking that one. I would go uh, one, three, two, three, uh, three, one, two. Three, one, two. Okay, so you're uh, betting on yourself, taking a whiff with that uh, Hawthorne deodorant. Okay, That's right. very good. Stick uh, my I nose right in there. You know what? I'll say uh, I'll say Peters moves to left tackle because Dillard isn't good enough as my most likely outcome. Uh, Peters gets injured, number two, and season never happens, number three. Okay, uh, Jake B. Uh, first, he had this as a peck nest migrate, then he changed it to a turkeys to the kingdom. Uh, season happens on time. That's option A. Two, season is delayed but happens. Three, season doesn't happen. Turkeys to the kingdom. Oh, good one. Well, I, do we need to throw in season starts and never finishes? Uh, sure. Because I think that's also a, a legitimate possibility. Okay. All right. So make that the fourth one. Okay. Um, I would go... I'm going uh, one turkey on season starts on time and finishes in its wow. completion one turkey wow. that's one crazy one percent yeah <laughs> okay all right i disagree um, with that give me 50 turkeys on uh season is delayed but is completed okay um give Ooh. me 20 turkeys on season starts and doesn't finish and then the remaining 29 turkeys on, what was the other one? Uh, not, doesn't happen at all. It doesn't happen at all. Yeah. 
Okay. Uh, Zach, I would imagine yours is going to be different than that, than Bo's. Yeah, I guess there's um, also starts, stops, and then finishes at a later date. No, that counts as that counts as starts, but then eventually finishes. Oh, is that not any of them? That was not. I don't think that was one of the options. All right, well, we can say anyway, that's the, all right, yeah. yeah. That's the same. Group that in with delayed, but happens. So okay, yeah, some yeah. type of break, but they actually get it done. I'm I'm working on on my kind of distribution. Here, <laughs> I, I I would say I'll go 35. That it starts and finishes. Uh, I will go 25. That it's delayed. Uh, 25 that it starts and, and doesn't finish. And that leaves me with what, 15? If uh, I'm doing the math in my head here, uh, 15 that it doesn't happen at all. Okay, let's see. And uh, yeah, this is taking me a while. I don't, I don't, I don't even know what all the options <laughs> yeah. are. Uh, I think the most likely option is that uh, it, it starts and finishes, but there is a break. So either it's delayed. Okay. And but it eventually finishes, or they start, they have to stop, but then they eventually finish. So I'll put 60 on that. I'll put 25 that it happens uh, on time, and I'll put 10 that it doesn't happen at all. So there you go. I don't know. Who you knows? You guys are delusional. Uh, it, was, it was pretty low. I mean, it's under 50%. Uh, not one. Yeah, we all had under 50%. I mean, 1%, so. I feel like, um, you know, maybe like someone who's good with risk analysis, like, uh, you know, DFOP, Sunset Shaz. I would like to hear his thoughts on well, what well, well, this is what we we went through this whole exercise before the draft. Okay. You, you got to you gotta stake out a position on these bad boys. You oh. need a differentiating factor. Okay. Um, Fransky LA wants to know, can you pay off your sandwich wager with one big party sub? Hmm. Good question. Not, I don't think I could because I have to get you guys every week, right? So, uh, no, if there, I don't know if, if we'll all be in the same room every, every week. Yeah, I, would, I know. I would have to get it delivered. We're certainly not sharing subs. <laughs> I'll, get, I'll get it delivered to your homes. I'm not going uh, to back out on that. Uh, all right. Jake says, uh, long-term plans for Jack Driscoll. Sheil, feel free to ignore, as I know you don't care about second or third <laughs> string players, but I am curious about what goes into decision-making when you draft someone to play a position. Goal for him is what? To be long-term depth always? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll jump in here and say that... First, initially... explain who Jack Driscoll is to our listeners. <laughs> Jack Driscoll, the fourth-round pick from Auburn uh, by way of UMass, was a right tackle at Auburn, the Eagles... Think he has position versatility, uh, can play guard. He he mentioned in his draft uh, interview that, or, or the post draft interview, I should say, that he had been taking some snaps in the pre draft process. Uh, is known to be a smart guy, uh, so I I would say that starts off as a swing tackle. Upside is what Vitai was, where he's your replacement starter and then eventually sign somewhere to be a starter whether it's here or or, or somewhere else but becomes a, a second contract starter uh but certainly not a top of the league type player yeah i think the 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 comparison we have heard from within the organization is they're they are hoping that he is the the vitae replacement that he can be the you know the sixth offensive lineman which i think is reasonable uh, and he probably has more theoretical versatility even than vitae did because he can maybe play center 
Uh, by the way, I do know who Jack Driscoll is because uh, if you remember, I nailed him Mocked in our him. mock yeah. draft. Uh, two, right. for, two for two. Bo got very angry during text. It was, uh, I would have to say, <laughs> looking back at 2020, probably the highlight of my year. Uh, now, now, now that, now that I've been there, I'm just thinking about this on the spot, but yeah, I don't know. For maybe. me, the highlight of my year was uh, Zach's valet story. Yeah, you're probably right. I would rank that uh, uh, ahead also. Okay. Um, I don't understand this one. There's like stuff that goes on. Again, this might have to do with my age or my midlife crisis. So I don't know what's going on with this. Maybe you guys can explain it to me. This is from Zugzwang1776 says, if you could pick to have one Eagles player made out of cake, hmm. who would it be and why? This could be aesthetically in the cake, cake sculpture sense, or who would you like to eat if they were cake sense <laughs> or however you want to take it. Jason Peters is way up there for me. What, what am I missing with this? You haven't seen these videos going around. It's these like uh, very realistic looking things. And then you cut into it and it's a, it's a cake like these, it's like baking perfection. The, the Where are, are you seeing these videos? All over social media. The bar that needs to be cleared for me to actually click on a video. I'm is, surprised is you have very seen high. These. I have not. No, I have not either. Uh, okay, my so answer would answer? be, uh, of course, Rick Lovato. Okay. Bent, bent, over, bent over long snapping. <laughs> I'm going to move on to a uh, loyal <laughs> listener. Uh, Ryan J says, wow, we're not, you guys aren't even going to answer the K question. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I don't know how to, like, yeah. I can name okay. a random player. If you want, I'll say Jack yeah. Driscoll. How about that? <laughs> Good answer. Okay. Uh, I'll say Anthony rush. Cause that means more cake to go around. <laughs> ah, very nice. Uh, what's the most extravagant excuse. Some would say lie you've ever used to get out of, or leave a social gathering. Uh, I was thinking about this. I don't have a great answer. I feel like um, people know me well enough at this point where like if it's a social gathering with friends or family, like I don't really need an extravagant excuse. I can just be like, I'm not doing that or eh, I'm out of here. Uh, oftentimes I do, what's it, is it called? The Irish goodbye? Is that, mm -hmm. is that still like, uh, okay. Uh, yeah, I, I was, I'm a big fan of that. Like, oh, wow, talk about overrated. Having to go around to everyone and say goodbye. Uh, now that we're not allowed to handshake or hug or anything, uh, I feel like it should be a go-to move for everyone. If you're done with something, just get out of there. Who cares? You don't need to make a big production out of it. I was trying to think of a, uh, a good one too, but I, and nothing came to mind, but I will say that, uh, the kids or uh, like saying, oh, we got to go get the babysitter is a good out for like if you're oh, yeah. if you're out somewhere and you you, you want to go home a little bit earlier than you had planned. Or maybe you want to, you know, you and the missus want to go grab it one more drink somewhere else. You say, oh, we got to go get the babysitter. One more drink somewhere else. What, what if they stumble upon that place? That's high risk. Those are the risks you got to take. Oh, I would never be willing to do that. Yeah, mine's always work related. No, uh, you know, no, we said excuse, right or, Zach, not, uh, yeah. not like legitimate, uh, <laughs> not explanation. Yeah. You can, you can uh, always tell if it's true school. because Zach's got a real pep in his step. If they've, you know, <laughs> they've, school night. they've yeah, signed, uh, right. you know, they've, they've signed John Hightower to his rookie contract. <laughs> yeah. There was, there was always one though where like, um, you know, you'd, you'd be out in a road city on a Saturday night, uh, and I'm like, oh, you know, it's it's a work night. They have a game tomorrow. And they're like, it's a Sunday night game. You know, you don't have to be at the stadium until 5 p.m. And I'm like, I still need my sleep, man. It's going to be a late night tomorrow. So, uh, yeah, so I, I would say that. But I, I am with Bo is, is, that, is that one of the hidden benefits I found of fatherhood is, is that it's, it's the ultimate get-out-of-jail-free card. Like if you don't want to go to something or you can't go to something, sure. uh, it, it doesn't matter. It's I got to watch the kids tonight, yeah. 
Well, we have no baby. Isn't there a good, uh, if if you don't mind me prodding, isn't there a good story of when you first started dating your wife and there was like a, a minor transaction that occurred? And you had to you had to bail on the date or something. <laughs> um, no. Well, there was uh, there was one where she had to leave. She uh, oh. she made up an excuse. Oh, and, I didn't know. That. <laughs> Tell me more. Yeah, she, <laughs> I I I don't want to be. Uh, no, I, I don't know if I should be saying. Okay, this we, can not, was, we can have her on. We can have her on. It was one of those things where where like she had to pick up someone at the airport, but. Um, you know, I I knew that uh, there was uh, there was no flight coming in from that city. It's, 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 it's what? <laughs> <laughs> what? How did you know that? What did you look? You look. I thought that's what, no, because it's 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 a route I had taken before. Wow! So I, oh, um, what was the city? <laughs> look, Tuscaloosa. I, think I, I think I've already said too much. Yeah, you've said too much. You can at least, I mean, the city is not giving anything away. What was the city? Uh, I'm just curious. It, 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 was, uh, it was Durham, North Carolina. Raleigh, Durham, Durham. Okay, so you knew. <laughs> no flights from Raleigh. Wow. Yeah. That's fantastic. I definitely want to hear more about that, but That's I tell so funny. you're uncomfortable. So we'll have to uh, have her on. Maybe tell me, maybe I'll wait till you're like on assignment uh, and sort yeah, of, yeah. Uh, arrange that. Okay. Uh, this is from Tom. This is for you guys. Uh, you know, I, I don't have a good answer for this, but what is one criminally underrated or underseen movie that you would recommend? I feel like Bo, this is probably uh, in your wheelhouse. Jeez. Mm, uh, Although Zach, don't be shy. Well, I what comes to mind is not a movie. It's it's the show on Amazon Prime, Patriot, uh, which Rachel and I just finished and was fantastic. It's only two seasons, uh, but very highly recommended. Probably my favorite piece of content of quarantine. Really? Yes. What's, what's the premise? I don't want to give too much away. All right. Uh, I've also really enjoyed, uh, I really enjoyed Betty on HBO. Not that was good, but Patriot would be my number one. Wait, which, wait, wait what's, which one's Betty? Is that about the... Uh... The skateboarders. Oh. The female skateboarders in New no, York. No, I, I was thinking about the other one with the... Um... A little um, bit of a risque one with the. I will the ruin mo- you or whatever. No, 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 the mom and her son goes to. Oh, Mrs. Fletcher. Yeah, I thought that was outstanding. Did you watch Miss wa- Fletcher? Yeah, we watched that. It was really good. Yeah, and what was- shocked me was when we watched. Uh, I didn't realize that the 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 um, not girlfriend, but the girl from college is the is the girl from Hamilton, the woman from Hamilton. Oh, I don't think. Uh, oh, yeah, no, I uh, yeah, we did watch Hamilton. My wife pointed that out. Yeah, that was. A, I feel like that was very early in the. Uh, quarantine, but I I thought that was uh, I was entertained by that show for sure. So mine uh, and and this is probably on on brand because I, I'm a, a a a confessed Aaron Sorkin fan and uh, also love sports. Uh, but Sports Night was a television show that deserved a lot more attention than it got. I, like I think it was only yeah, so it was only on for I think two seasons, forty five episodes. Um, but but that was one that. Uh, Perhaps if it was on a different network, a, a different time, it's it seemed to be one of those shows that 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 was that would have been made for like a Netflix type viewing, and instead it was it was on network television, and it wasn't the same. Can okay. I give you my Hamilton take? Sure. Uh, Lin Manuel is you know like the the craftsmanship is is fantastic, uh, but as as the portrayer of Hamilton is the weak link when we were lucky enough to see it it was the guy who replaced him who had been in his understudy much more much more machismo to the role 
That's my that's my take. I mean, of course you have to have like a hipster. That's not a hipster take. I think like, I, I don't think know. he brings the uh, the right. gravitas required yeah. for the role. Well, I enjoyed it, and we play the soundtrack as we make our guacamole. And uh, a nice. four-year-old. Well, I tell you what, those uh, those lines—they really stick in the head of a four-year-old. I mean, she's putting together a whole medley. Nice. Uh, some of the lines very inappropriate, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Wait, by the way, I, I, I now know what Bo was referring to um, before when he said like how I got out of a social gathering mm-hmm. or something. I thought we were talking about illegitimate excuses. I once got out a legitimate uh, excuse. Oh, yeah, when, this is what I was talking about. The Giants, yeah. right? Yeah, you've told that story. No, no, no. no. The Eagles signed uh, like G.J. Kinney on, <laughs> on, on one. Jason Peters got arrested on one. There was, oh, it all so, comes back to Peters. Yeah. So but this was like early on when you're dating with your wife, uh, right? Or, or there was a Dennis Dixon. No, no, that wasn't with my wife. That was I thought else. so. Oh. Yeah, I thought it was a different. Uh, that's why okay. there was uh, a. <laughs> there was one girl I was dating when when Juan Castillo got fired. And <laughs> I had to, I I had to jump on that story. So, but those are legitimate excuses. I I thought we were talking okay. about like, I, I making confusion. up something. Yeah. yeah so. I, I unfortunately sold my wife out on something <laughs> I probably didn't need to do. So if she makes it this far in the pod, I really apologize. Uh, I don't un- I don't understand these dating histories that involve more than like two people. So I, I, yeah, I can't. Uh, Sheila's really... going to start uh, making making uh, lots of points about leaving the podcast so we can pick somebody up who's flying in from Durham. <laughs> it's going to be this new go-to. All right. Uh, Somia says... Who was the main hand in the Peters move? Oh, that's a good question. Stoutland, Peterson, or Howie? What do you think? Mm. I'd, I'd say Stout. That's my guess. You think he has enough sway to be the main hand in the move? Uh, I would say among the assistants, he's probably up there. Yeah. And he, we, we, certainly we know he loves Peters. Exactly. Well, if you um, think if you think it's stout, then I would say that it would make that should make you even more nervous that he's going to end up <laughs> placing Dillard at yeah. left tackle in like in like the second quarter of week one. But I don't know, maybe not. All right. I do think it's worth like it's worth mentioning the Howie like the the you know anti sentimentality thing that he's been touting, and then you know last year they bring like you get on the eve of a training camp they bring back Sproles. This year training camp's coming, we bring back Peters like these are not the most important transactions necessarily. It's not, you know, it's not the same thing as, uh, I mean, resigning Malcolm Jenkins for one, but uh, it is like a thing that keeps happening. Okay. Let's knock out uh, a few more here. Bo is uh, gracious with his time on vacation. So we don't want, unless you're using this Bo as an excuse to not uh, uh, be with family, which um, you don't, you know, you can just sort of be silent if that is. I'm happy to be spending time with you guys. Okay. Uh, Matt says over under 0.5 starts at left tackle for Jason Peters. Bo isn't allowed to say under because there won't be a season. Mm. Uh, I'm if I'm not allowed over. to do that, then I'm taking the over. I'm taking the over. Zach? Uh, <laughs> it just you know it's the right bet. You have, yeah, I guess I'll go over. Too. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. You're learning game theory. Uh, yeah. Under would have yeah. been a, even, regardless yeah. of what you think, under would have been a crazy exactly. uh, take exactly. there. Okay. Um, all right, we're going to get political here for Bo from Rasputin48. Turkeys to the kingdom. The date is July 14th, 2021. And here are your three things. Number one, Donald Trump is still president. Two, Jason Peters is on the Eagles roster. <laughs> three, the Lurie-era draft is completed on Birds with Friends. I don't think that's really what turkeys to the kingdom means. Yeah, I know. Well, means. 
listen, just to, you, I mean, you, I you, certainly hope that it's over three, but uh, if I can, if I can, you hope it's over three, you hope we don't complete the uh, draft by then. No, is it doesn't, isn't it? It's still uncompleted. No, no, it's just completed. Oh, well, then I, I hope it's one for three. All right. Yeah. And, I don't if, know. If, and if it's really two for three, if it's two for three, I'm happy to pay Jason Peters' salary myself. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Give him 20 million a year. <laughs> All right. Uh, and Andrew Deluxe says, uh, what is, oh, this, so this is right down uh, Burmo's alley here. All right. What is training camp going to be like? Will you guys have similar access mm. to players' practice as in the past? Uh, I don't Speaking think we of know presidents. for sure. Yeah. We know for sure. <laughs> but uh, Zach, where do we stand with this? Yeah, so this is something I, I've really been working on uh, behind the scenes here, and uh, there's still nothing official, but I, I feel comfortable saying we'll be able to watch practice in some variety, whether it's every day, whether it's both of us every day, uh, still remains to be seen. I'm optimistic that uh, Bo and I will be able to be there every day, but um, you know, I, I guess I guess time will tell on 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 that. And again. Uh, not to sound like Bo here, but I, I will. This is all preliminary, and everything could could change in in the sense that they're scheduled to start practicing two weeks from today, as we yes. tape this, so July twenty eighth. And you just need to hope that the next two weeks are not like the past two weeks. Well, yeah, I mean the the virus will probably be gone by then. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not suggesting that. I'm just suggesting in terms of. In terms of the numbers, is is what I'm saying. Two weeks, so. that is crazy. And, you know, yeah. we should say that the league and the NFLPA, it's not like they've resolved the yeah. uh, the the protocols, <laughs> the rules, the guidelines nothing. of how they would operate. So um, Or the economics. Right. So in addition to sort of what's happening nationwide, I mean, that's a big deal. You know, they've got to they've got to decide if this is going to happen. How is it going to happen? And so. There. Although I I don't think labor is going to be the reason this this doesn't happen. I don't I I know that's still up for debate right now in the in the NFL and the NFLPA uh, they're negotiating. But I don't think this is going to be a, a baseball situation. I think you saw at the start of the pandemic with agreeing to the CBA when they did that uh, that these are two sides motivated to reach a deal in that area. I think the public health is going to be more of the question. Well, listen, I've, I've, you know, we know where I stand, but uh, at the same time, obviously the incentives are there for them to play, both from the owner's perspective of making money and also the players. Like, you know, these are guys who have very short shelf lives in in terms of when they can, uh, you know, earn the majority of their money for their lives. A missed season would be very impactful on that. So, like, they're incentivized to play, but. You know, meanwhile, you know, they're putting themselves in harm's way. We don't know what this disease does, even if like uh, even if nothing serious happens, who knows what the lasting impact is. So I don't know. I feel like uh, I feel like we're still getting ahead of ourselves. There's still a long way to go. But for full disclosure, I think we'd be remiss to say that all three of us, too, have have skin in the game, if you will, like like uh, an NFL season going on is important for us professionally. Sure. So so, uh, you know, we're. We're definitely on the side of hoping that that things work out in the NFL's favor. I don't know. I, was just, I, I hope was they do it. Like, they can do it safely. Like yes, of course, of course, yeah. of course. That's that's what I meant. Was that we can figure out how to get this thing to happen? I thought I could. Oh, just it's a good of... thing they've waited until two weeks before training camp to start trying to figure <laughs> things out. 
I could just republish all these nerd guides again, and no one would probably, you know, <laughs> no, for, for, I'm enjoying for that many show. people who didn't notice them the first time, you know, it could be like brand new, uh, brand new content. So uh, maybe you know, you you guys might be in a worse spot uh, than I I am. I, I yeah, my my pen baseball story. I could just uh, you know <laughs> extend that one out. Okay. Uh, there's a lot of questions here. I feel like that we've already uh, covered. So let's get to the final three. Uh, Corey says Chris Long thinks apples are the most overrated fruit. Give me your top three most overrated fruits. I'm going pears, figs, and honeydew. Uh, I kind of agree with Chris Long. I'm not a big apple guy. I don't, you know, it's 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 very like hard on your teeth. I feel like you got to get the right one. Uh, I don't eat apples very frequently. So I, I would agree, you know, they get all the pub. I think that's an overrated fruit. I think honeydew is a great pick uh, right there. I'm not a big honeydew. Yeah, but man. who's overrating honeydew? Who likes honeydew? I, mean, I don't know. Someone does. They got it out there. My parents try to force honeydew mm. on us every time we go over. I don't know why they're buying honeydew. <laughs> no one wants your honeydew. I'm not trying to be rude, but come on. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I, I disagree wholeheartedly on apples. Really? Big I apple, like an apple fan. And, and a very low maintenance fruit. Like you, you're not peeling. All, all you have to do is, That's true. is throw out the, you know. But, but there's a lot of fruits that require either, you know, utensils to cut or your hands to cut. I mean, this is, this is, this is very low maintenance. Well, that's why um, I'm a big banana guy. You just peel that bad boy and you're done with it. Now, which way do you peel the banana? Uh, I do it the weird way. This was a big point of contention among us Seattle so do I. Uh, reporters. I like taking that whole peel off right away. What do you mean? Wow, really? Yeah, yeah. So you take I, the whole thing off. I take the whole peel oh. off, I throw it out, and then I eat the banana. Interesting. I'm asking whether you go from the top or the bottom. Wait, is that a thing? Yeah, I go what from the bottom. It's about? much easier. That's the way that that's what? the way the gorillas do it. Why it's would anyone easier. do that? Why? It's so much easier. What? I don't understand. What's hard? What, what's easier? It peels off very easily. That's how the experts do it. How is that even possible? How could it be easier? There's no. I'm, there's no stem. You just stick your finger in and you pull it pulls right off. It's much easier. This is one of the most ridiculous and this is saying something. This is one of the most ridiculous things I've ever heard on this podcast. I mean, I'm telling you, you, try you it next about? time. You will be you will be blown away by how much how much better it is. I could tell you with one hundred percent certainty that's not happening. Well, we have already established you do weird things with a banana. So uh, uh, let's uh, I think the most overrated I think <laughs> the most overrated fruit uh, is the orange. Because I'd oh. much rather I'd much rather have a clementine. The orange well, itself, same family. Yeah, but the orange itself is harder to peel. That's why okay. it's overrated. Okay. Uh, you know, it, it, the taste is pretty similar. You might prefer the taste of a fresh orange, but in terms of the uh, you know the opportunity cost of opening it versus you know a clementine, which is most times one peel, I'd much give me the clementine. Okay, uh, Joshua wants to know and i didn't get a chance to look this up it is a very good question any precedent for a player switching positions and sides this late in a career well you know i just told you that only two offensive linemen have even started 10 games at this age so um at this late in a career i can't imagine uh have you guys looked into this at all have we considered the possibility that they're going to just move peters to running back uh we have not (laughs) we have not I'm sorry, Zach. It sounded like you were going to say something. I'm sorry. No, no. I'm, I'm going to say I agree with Shields. Just in terms of sheer age and experience, I can't imagine year 17 for a player. This is something that's happened before. Okay. All right. Last one. Ben, 
Actually, no. You know what? I like this one better. Nick Field. Wow. What a shot at Ben. Who, poor Ben thinks he's going to get the closing <laughs> question. That's he's, true. I got one via that's text, true. too, that I was hoping uh, to all right, uh, throw all right, in, too. We'll do both these because you're right. That's unfair to Ben. And then, Zach, you can give us the text one after that. All right, Ben. I apologize. Ben, yeah, ben keep in mind, Shield doesn't like your question. Uh, no, well, they were similar, and so I thought I could only, mm. you know, pick one. Um, all right, so Ben McCardle says, Woodpecker you rather have right now, Hollywood Brown at wide receiver, and Jason Peters at left tackle, or Jalen Rager at wide receiver, and Andre Dillard at left tackle? All right, that well, is a good question. I take well, it back. It's a good question, but it's not, that's not the, it's, it's Hollywood Brown, Jason Peters, and, you know. Jalen Rager. Uh, or uh, who was the linebacker from LSU or, you know, a cornerback, whoever else they would have taken with that pick. That's the right. Well, so now who doesn't like his question? I said, it was a good question and you're telling him what it should have been. Answer the question he gave. This isn't your chance to change and improvise (laughs) questions. That is what it would be. Listen, if you want to offer another scenario after this, go ahead. This is his question. Uh, I would take Rager and Dillard over. Hollywood Brown and Jason Peters. I mean, you still have some uh, upside with Dillard. I'm not giving up on him. Um, and I, I really like Rager. I'd take Hollywood Brown and Peters and whoever else they, they would have picked at 21. Not the question. Yeah. Zach? <laughs> if, if I'm answering the question to the letter of the law, then I would say Rager and Dillard. But I agree with Bo is, is that if you can have Brown, Dillard, uh, I'm sorry, Brown, Peters, your first round pick this year, and then those picks you also traded for uh, Dillard, I would rather that. Well, I'm glad you guys did that. I was feeling bad uh, about Ben, and then you guys just yeah, what a double turn we just totally pulled on rude Ben to him, and I'm in his corner. <laughs> Don't worry, Ben. I care about our <laughs> listeners uh, as long as you subscribe. What a roller coaster! Ninety seconds for him. If you don't, uh, then I don't care for you. All right, Nick Field. The Eagles traded 25, 127, 197 for. 22 to take Dillard. Would you rather have Dillard or the three players? Marquise Brown, Eamon Marshall, Trace McSorley. The Ravens took with those three picks, plus the resources that went into getting wide receivers, cornerbacks, and a backup QB this offseason. Well, man, uh, you spelled it out, and I think it's really obvious when you spell it out that way. That Yeah, you would definitely ra- rather have the uh, Ravens package. I mean... Uh, Trace McSorley as my uh, young backup, sure. Why not? And even though Iman Marshall hates babies, as was established uh, at the combine last year, uh, yeah, I mean, I'd rather have Hollywood Brown straight up than Andre Dillard. I think. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I would too. But obviously, you have to deal with the information you had at the time. So, you know, at the, at the, at the time, at the time, I, I would think... have rather had Hollywood Brown. Yeah, okay. Did you All say right. that? Yes, All we right, said really? that. We both said that. I don't think I, mean, I, I, think, I thought I said the trade was fine. Oh, I didn't think the trade was bad, but I said, but we said at the time I would have taken Hollywood Brown with that pick. Okay. Well, so yeah, I mean, I have to go back to the tape, Marissa. No, I'm just kidding. I, I don't have that. I think Dillard's. <laughs> I, uh, I think Dillard's stock. You is, just woke Marissa up. Though. Though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't think she's in the room. I don't think she's listening. I'm here. All right. Oh, she's <laughs> voice in the wilderness. All right, Zach, finish uh, finish us off with the text that you received. And uh, if we didn't get to your question, we uh, listen. We she might- didn't think it was a good one. We might, we might have months worth of podcasts to do with, uh, without much other content other than the Lurie draft, so we will get to it eventually. This is from loyal listener Lee, who happens to be my cousin, a great guy, uh, wants to know if the way you view your 2021 draft picks changes now that 
uh, it certainly looks like the college football season is going to be altered or, I mean, canceled. But uh, your scouting opportunities are going to be considerably different this year than they than they are in a typical year. So do you view those picks any differently? Uh, you cut out a little bit there. Why, why is it? Why, uh, give me the explanation sure. for it being different. Yeah, that the the college football season is is either going to be shorter or won't happen right. at all. I mean, there are going to be changes in college football, so you're not going to have the typical scouting that you would, uh, especially in terms of scouts going to campuses, watching games, the sample size of games, the level of competition is going to be different. Um, so do you view those picks differently one way or the other because of the lack of information you're going to have on a lot of these draft prospects? Uh, I personally would not because, um, you know, on one hand, yeah, that on the surface, I think that makes sense. You know, you might be taking, uh, taking players who have less film. You might be basing it more on traits than actual production, all these different types of things, but you know, it's not like they've perfected the process, the drafting process. So you might actually stumble onto something that helps you and makes you draft better. So uh, I would view uh, the draft picks uh, as the same as I would in any other year and not feel like, man, we're really going to stick at this this year. Well, you know what? There have been other years where you've stunk at it too. Uh, and it's a hard process. So uh, that, that would be my answer. Yeah. I mean, I think it makes the process harder because there's less information, but I'm not sure I, I would view you know, what you're trying to accomplish with the picks differently, right? You're still trying to take the best players at the most important positions, right? Yes. It's, it's, it's more, would you be willing, I guess, more willing to trade a pick or, or oh, that's try interesting. To trade out of those picks because you just don't have, it's, it's much more inexact than it typically would be. Maybe potentially. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah, maybe you think that, but then you know, the flip side is maybe you think it's a chance if other people are devaluing right. them, and maybe you can yeah. you, you load up. Exactly. You might get an edge. All right. Well, sure. uh, this was our Tuesday edition. I think. Well, we'll do the draft next week, right, Bo? You know, you're, we're not. You're not going to do three hours unless you're really looking to get away. Uh, you're not going <laughs> to do three hours of uh, lurry draft. So let's count on the lurry draft for next week. And next week, if there is breaking news. We'll do a pod for the breaking news, and we'll also do the lorry draft. So we promise 100%, uh, barring uh, you know something terrible happening to uh, one of us, that we will be doing the lorry draft next week. Any closing words from you guys? Look forward to it. Okay. Uh, yeah. Have one, a great vacation, Bo. It's just a good, uh, you know, Shield likes to pretend like he likes short episodes and then pops in and we get a 76-minute banger. So just okay. keep him honest. That's probably under the uh, under the average length of an episode, if we're uh, being honest. Okay, for uh, Bo, for Zach, for Marissa, if you subscribe, if you rate, review, we don't hate you. Have a good rest of the week, and we will talk to you next week. Love you.